Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of 90s Tunes with Avery and Lena. So, this week, we have, we're going to be listening to Metallica's album from 1992 called Metallica, Mm -hmm. or as some people call to it, the Black Album, and more excitingly, we have a guest. It's not just us. (laughs) Um, Danny Harvey, welcome to the show. Uh, Lead guitars for East River Rats. Welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to be here. Glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Yeah. I'm a big Metallica fan. And that's why we asked you. I, I, I've i known you for a little while, and I've known that you like Metallica, so... Just for a bit, you've known them. Just I, a couple of yeah. years. That, we that, that last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that album came out in 1991 also. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what did you say? I'm already corrected. I said 1992. (laughs) Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah. August 12th of 1991, if you really want to. Oh. Oh. I should get my facts straight. You were thinking of Wayne's World, which was 92. (laughs) Oh, maybe. Last week. (laughs) Wayne's World. (laughs) We've been listening to this for a while. Yeah. What do you guys think the biggest hit was off the album? Danny, you may know this, so I'll ask Lee. I just assumed Under Sandman. I would probably go with uh, Nothing Else Matters between the two, but Enter Sandman was absolutely massive. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it was Enter Sandman. I now I have to go back and check over my notes. Oh, come on, eh? (laughs) I'm (laughs) ill-prepared today. (laughs) Very ill-prepared. But, yeah. Um, I remember when that video came out, Enter Sandman, Mm -hmm. and it was all over, all over much music. (laughs) I thought you were going to say MTV for a no. second, but no, no, we're Canadian. Remember <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I remember that time. I wasn't so much into Metallica at that point. I think I was just listening to whatever was on the radio, and yeah. I don't think it had much air radio play on CKEC New Glasgow. Oh, I remember it being, and I didn't really listen per se but i remember it being in videos and i think the radio at dances i was in junior high at the time um there are a lot of i remember like i don't know this is embarrassing because you take a little junior high like <laughs> girl possibly wearing something flowered headbanging to the metallica at dances but <laughs> yeah i like it was everywhere I was pretty aware of it, and it wasn't necessarily my style. Yeah, but you were like 25 at the time. I said junior high. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't fail junior high or anything. (laughs) That was the the Black Album was, uh, that was the album that got me into heavy metal. It started, like, I'm a big heavy metal fan, and, and that was the album that started the whole thing. Um, I could see that. I just remember my my cousin had the cassette for um, for the Black Album, and she had left her Walkman in my grandmother's <laughs> car. <laughs> and I went. I, we were going for a drive somewhere, so I just put it on and listened. And it was just at the the end of Enter Sandman, and then kicked right into Sad but True. Oh, okay. And uh, it was uh, it was unlike anything I had ever heard before, and it was I was instantly hooked. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be kind of cool to listen to it. Just put on some headphones and and it be that. That was yeah, yeah. That was my first encounter with the Black Album. 
Now, did your parents listen to anything like that? No. No, <laughs> my parents my parents were uh my dad liked rock music and stuff, a little bit of Black Sabbath and um not but he wouldn't he didn't listen to it like when I was growing up, like I think he did back mm-hmm. in the day, like he had a lot of the records and stuff like that. But it was mostly like Dire Straits and Chicago mm-hmm. and, and and bands like that that I still love today. I See, love Chicago. My parents were country, so yeah, they it was always country music on yeah. in the house. So I did not Metallica. <laughs> I couldn't picture. <laughs> no, my dad. I just I can remember when I did get into Metallica pretty heavy and had, had their albums and stuff, I would be just blasting them at home on the stereo downstairs stereo. And it'd be so loud. Now did you steal that? My dad would be shaking his fists. (laughs) (laughs) Did you steal that tape or did you have to go out and buy it? Oh, I went out and bought it. She's yeah. She came back for it. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a good man, tape. Oh man, it was it was incredible. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. yeah. What song? Like, do you have some favorite songs off the album, or oh, is absolutely. that first listen to it? Like, no, it was like it's it's so hard now for me to pick a favorite off this album just because I've heard it so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so listening to it now, there are there's actually songs that I'll I'll skip over just because I've heard them so many times. I, you know, I just can't listen to them anymore. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean I don't love them. I still love the songs, right? But if I had to pick a favorite off of the album, it would probably be The God That Failed. Okay. Probably be my favorite, yeah. Hmm. hmm. And you Favorite off the yeah, album? Favorite? Oh, I... I don't know. I'm I'm going to take a couple seconds to uh, think about this, but I'm thinking Wherever I May Roam is up there for me. Yeah. I I like that one. The intro is pretty awesome. Yeah. That that probably stood out for me more re-listening to it, but also like just putting on the album and just Enter Sandman being the first song yeah. in that album is really sets you up for the rest of the album, I think, and what's to come. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's iconic. Just that that opening riff. Yeah. It's just so so memorable. You know. I'd put it up there with like Song 2 by Blur off of yeah. Big Johnny Tunes. <laughs> yeah, like to start an album on the right foot. Yes. Now Woo-hoo. I uh, <laughs> where I didn't know all the songs. I don't think I ever heard the whole album. I liked that the songs that I knew were kind of peppered in, like every four songs or something, there was a big hit that I kind of knew to kind of keep me going. Like, I know that sounds horrible that it's like I don't want to ever hear new music or anything, but it's not that. But it's just like it kind of kept me and kept me more engaged when I first listened to it. Now I've been listening to it for a couple of weeks, so Mm -hmm. I'm pretty familiar with it. But what what do what are your impressions? It's it's pretty great. Um, it got me. I didn't know what I was going to know on it because I never know names of songs and I knew quite a bit. And then it, I just went back and listened to parts of Master or Masters of Puppets. I forget if it's Master Ma- or Ma- Masters. Ma- yeah, Master. 
Um, and I'm like, I think I know some of these songs, which maybe Avery's played through. We did go see Metallica back in, I don't know, what was that, like 12 years ago or something? Maybe yeah. even longer, 15 years ago? Have Probably about, yeah, it was maybe 14 or 15 the years one. ago. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, wow. so I might know from that. And yeah. yeah. Um, I was just thinking about who I was working with at that time, so I had to go back that far in my head. I'm like, oh, Russell, we lived at the other house and carry the one. I don't know. It's hard to say. Not that anyone asked me what my favorite song is, but I'm just going to pretend you guys had. And it is hard. What's your favorite song? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe nothing else matters. I don't know. It depends on my mood, I guess, and what I kind of like. But that's kind of up there for me. Um, I do know Elton John has said about that song that it never gets old. Yeah. Which is kind of an interesting, uh, like they probably wrote it thinking what would Elton John think? (laughs) As everybody does. Yeah, as they should. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, James, I remember, I seen an interview with James Hetfield, right? I seen when he, when Elton John had said that. Oh, okay. James Hetfield was, he just completely taken off guard by the comment and almost you know almost brought him to tears oh yeah yeah i don't think there's any song i don't like on the album they're it's, all great yeah, and it's just mixed quite well yeah I, I think you have that right it is mixed well like the different songs and different like in the order of it you look like you want to say something <laughs> I, I, I could tell that he's I, going I wanna to say something but i don't want to say it because you want it because you don't want to offend someone, or no. I, I think maybe Danny touched on this a little bit. Like when you're listening to it and you've listened to it a lot, some songs you skip over. Maybe it's based on my mood at the time. Yeah, but maybe like sometimes I skip over. Like nothing else matters. Like I know what we just said about it, but yeah. or the yeah. Unforgiven because I just want something more Heavy, rocking, like rocking. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a it's yeah, it's a mood like the you know, you have to be in a certain mood, I think, for especially nothing else matters. There's yeah. you know, there's still some rocking elements in, in the unforgiven. Yeah, and but, that's why um, I said it depends on my mood. Um Yeah. Now what I find I find actually sometimes enter Sandman I wanna wanna skip because I've heard that song a lot yep. over the last 30 years and I've been yeah. finding that as I get older some songs I used to love just class anything on the classic rock sometimes I'm like I've heard this forever for like 35 yeah. years and it's a great song I will sometimes skip yeah. so I think that's been happening yeah. a little more but- side like sidebar about classic rock though and and radio stations yeah why why is it that classic rock is still the same classic rock that it was when we were young. <laughs> There's some why, added to it, but yeah. Why, why is it not like it should be 90s? Yeah. It should, I'm not, that's classic rock now. Oh, you know, maybe. Like, I wonder if your stations are different than here because there's 90s on classic. Mm-hmm. Actually, we, there, it's still like all the same 70s, yeah. know, 60s, 70s music and, around here that was, <laughs> it's the same stuff we had when we were kids. Yeah. 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 With now, I find some like 90s peppered in. But now there are classic rock station. I don't know. Is shut down the word? That's not the right word. Closed down. What about how it's just it's not. Yeah. They... Changed formats. Yes. It, that's the... <laughs> yeah. 
That's the right way. Went to uh, talk radio. You're off air. Now, I was reading some reviews of it. I heard that some, like, uh, Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden said it helped push metal into the mainstream, which I think that kind of pushed you into metal. So kind of the same thing. I've heard some critics say it's too poppy. I guess if you're really into metal, maybe, but I don't know if I agree that it's poppy. Yeah, there's still... There's still uh, hardcore Metallica fans that, you know, hate that album and, and oh, okay. think and think that they sold out. <laughs> you know, that, that was that was a big thing, like, you know, that they sold out because they because they wrote nothing else matters. Oh, you know? okay. Um but I don't know. They've always had ballads sprinkled in there uh, ever since uh, Ride the Lightning from their second album. So Well, with the eighties you had to. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of well. I guess it almost didn't make it on the album. I guess um, they wrote it. I think it was Hetfield for his girlfriend when they were on the road. He was kind of homesick, and then they kind they broke up. But I, I think it was him who wrote it. And then someone else heard it in the bed and was like, "No, we have to put this like on the album. It doesn't matter. You broke up. It's kind of they think of it more for their fans as opposed to mm-hmm. for a love like a girlfriend. Yeah. But didn't they all break up during this? Uh... Album yeah, making? I heard a lot of divorce during the it, making of this. Okay. Yeah, like James and Lars and I forget the other one that got a divorce during this, I think. Jason or Kurt. Well, yeah, it's probably it was probably Jason. One or the other. But. Yeah, because yeah, it was really stressful to make. Maybe. Well, that and the uh, they toured for three years also on this, this album. Yeah, so. that like, That would be tough. Yeah, and I guess the producer was a little bit... Bob Rock. Yeah, it was a little stressful to work with, but... I Well, I um, there was a, um, a series that came out um, after this album. I think it was... I think it was called A Year and a Half in the Life Of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it was... Uh, I had it. it. I had it on VHS, but essentially it was a documentary on the making of the Black Album. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh it was yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, like you say, there was it was tough. It was tough to make. Like they put so much time into it. And uh it it had a bit of everything. There was even uh you know, it showed uh when James wrote Nothing Else Matters, it's like uh it's it technically it's it's kind of a difficult song to play because it's finger picking. And Kirk didn't know how to finger pick. Oh, okay. So, so he had to learn how to how to play the song and learn how to do it properly because he always plays the that intro live. Like Kirk starts the song. Yeah, and I read that they made it just so he didn't have to scream all the time. Just one song where he could sing at least, <laughs> maybe like a little rest on your vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, that must take a lot though during a concert. Like, yeah, all that heavy singing. I always oh, think yeah. of Foo Fighters and how like Dave Grohl must be so sore after like he just yells the whole time. Yeah. That's when I first kind of came aware of yeah. how much that would be like. Oh but... yeah, he screams till he's red in the face too. Like, like yeah, Dave, so... Dave does. <laughs> so with anything we talk about in Canada, we have to find a Canadian connection. And okay, I found a Canadian connection with this. That. Danny is a Canadian. He really loves this album. No. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I know where you're going with this. Is it the uh, audio engineer, Randy Straub? I hope I pronounced uh, that right. Does it have to do with Vancouver? No, no. Okay. So Randy Straub is a Canadian recording engineer, and he worked on this album. And so he has been nominated for a crap ton of Juno Awards. He was nominated for a Juno Award with this album, or this Enter Sandman, I guess, was a nominee. But same year, Dollar in My Pocket by Big House. I have no idea that song. Oh, yeah, yeah, that song. No, no idea. <laughs> but, like, the next year. <laughs> by like, Big House, right? Yeah. But, like, the next year, like, he worked with Bon Jovi. And then, again, in 97. These are all Juno Award-nominated songs. So, purely Canadian. Until It Sleeps, Hero of the Day. Veruca Salt in 1998. And then, again, Metallica, The Unforgiven. Those were Recording Engineer of the Year. And then Best Recording Engineer, work with Brian Adams, Copyright, which is an awesome song, which we'll talk about probably in a future episode, or Awesome Band from Vancouver. Nickelback, a couple times he won with Nickelback, How You Remind Me. Um, Worked with Our Lady Peace, Nickelback again, Allison Chains, and Michael Buble. So, yeah, definitely a Canadian connection there. That's wild. Yeah. The... uh I also there was some some of the album they they recorded for about a week in in Vancouver as well. Oh, at, yeah, a place called Little Little Mountain Sound Studios. So is that a well known sound studio? I don't know if it's still functioning anymore, but uh, but yeah, I I do remember I, I remember clips from from that documentary mm-hmm. when they went up to to Vancouver. It took them eight months to record, which seems like a long time. Am I, I wrong? Know. Like, and only two months to write. <laughs> it just seems they just balanced. put so much into it. Like the the production of that album, like even today, like by today's standard for music production, it's it still sounds great. Like it's you know, yeah. They they spent a lot of time on on making sure the sounds were perfect and. And I'd agree they were. I wonder if it's, I wonder, uh, no, I wonder if some people think it's too produced. I don't, but if you're really into metal, say, this seems more, even more polished than, mm-hmm. like, yeah. especially if you go back, like, then. Am I? No, I think that's the difference of the times in music, though, mm-hmm. where you're getting away from that sounds of the 80s, 70s where equipment's probably getting better. Yeah. Um, production is probably getting better. Like the people that are engineering are getting better at their jobs as well and better equipment. So it probably is a little bit more produced, but in a good way because of the technology. And I think that would have happened with any band. Yeah. Yeah. It was and just... It, I was sure. going to say, I don't find it too produced, but I wonder if critics would have, like, or really heavy yeah. metal fans especially would have. I think that, yeah, and I think that's kind of like part of the whole selling out thing too, um, you know, uh, having a, a super slick album like that is not, you know, it's not really typical of heavy metal, like you say. And like the album before this, And Justice for All, you know, is arguably like their worst sounding album. Hmm. Um, 
like because that's it's a well-known fact that like the bass is completely buried on that album there's no bass (laughs) it was jason newstead's first album with them and they completely buried the the bass in the mix and you couldn't hear it so Mm. to go from that a crap like you know it was still a huge album but like to go from that and then come out with literally like the best sounding album at the time mm-hmm. on the planet yeah. pretty much i think it paid off absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about their other album and of course listening to this album over the last couple of weeks and then um looking up information today and just like Different stuff about the album, how it won a Academy Award or... Academy Award? No, sorry. Grammy Award? (laughs) There's a little (laughs) bit of a difference. (laughs) They won a a Grammy in 1992 because it was a 1991 album, obviously, (laughs) because that's what I said earlier. (laughs) Don't go back and listen. Yes, yes. (laughs) But Injustice for All, when they first had the Grammy Award lost to Jethro Tull. Yeah. And I know it was a big thing back then. Like, how could Jethro Tull win? And of course, Ian Gillen said, the flute is a heavy metal instrument. <laughs> <laughs> but I went back and listened to, uh, the album was called Crest of a Cave. I went back and listened to that today. And the first album? So which is, who did Crest of? Jethro Tull. Oh, okay. I thought you were. It's the name of a band, not a guy. Oh. And they won yeah, yeah. Not the Oscar, but the Grammy for best um, he- best heavy metal album that year. And the first song was really good. It was hard to get through the rest of the album thinking this is heavy metal, yeah, at all yeah, in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Did you ever listen to that album? No, they th- no, they never. They didn't really catch my interest. I do remember that joke though <laughs> <laughs> with Lars um, when they did win the Grammy. Eventually, on well, this album, yeah. Well, they won in nineteen ninety when they won it in ninety two. Yeah, well, yeah, they won in nineteen ninety as well for one. Oh, they did win one in ninety, mm-hmm. and then they won in nineteen ninety one for Stone Cold Crazy. But anyway, what's the joke? <laughs> oh, the oh. joke was uh, Lars said uh, we'd like to thank. Jethro Tull for not putting out an album this year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they've won a few. I keep on wanting to say Oscars for some reason. <laughs> I'm stuck on that and that's on my head. <laughs> but they've won like a few Grammys, so that's kind of cool after that. But just going to look at all the other Grammy winners. And so what did what what Grammy was it the what were they nominated for when Jethro Tull actually beat them? Best metal performance. For what year? 1990, 1988, I do believe. So, okay. What does it mean, performance, per se? Like an actual concert or? You know, it yeah, could be sure. a song or an album. A lot of the winners were for individual songs, but Metallica actually won for the album. Okay. And the year they won, like on this album, they, play, they were up against Anthrax, Attack of the Killer Bees, yeah. which was an all right album from my memory. I did have which it. Which sounds metally though. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a that's a word, metally. Yeah. Um, 
Megadeth yeah. Hangar 18, which is wow, a banger. Rust in Peace album. <laughs> that was nominated somewhere else. Motorhead and Soundgarden. Nice. Soundgarden. And I don't picture Soundgarden as much of a heavy metal. But I don't know the yeah. earlier stuff like that. Though. That wouldn't so... have been. That would have been Bad Motor Finger, I think. Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. But then Soundgarden won a few years later for Spoonman. Of course, as they should have. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's some interesting facts that I saw. Hopefully, they're interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no, no, I was I have... expecting. I was waiting. Well, for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. gotcha. it was on like the top yeah. Billboard charts for uh, over five hundred weeks or something. Wow. And there was only like one other album. I forget what it was now because I didn't do my research properly. That's okay. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't tip. Don't mention the stuff you didn't research. Just like leave it at that. That's I've not done my research a lot. (laughs) Just leave out that stuff that you forget or didn't like you didn't look up. Just leave it. <laughs> All right. So I'll tell you this. Yes. Canadian albums. Top position it had was number eight. In what year? 92 or 91? 91. Okay. Well, I, it, I mean, the, I know it was in 91, but I thought it might be no, to 92. This is the peak charts between 91 and two, 2021. Okay. Because it was on the charts for so long. That's why. Okay. So it's been on a ton of different, like, charts throughout the years through different com- countries and but like Australia was number one Austria you know yeah. everywhere it's been on the charts yeah now I saw that in 2020 that Rolling Stone put out a 500 greatest albums of all time and it was 235 and I thought it would have been better than that it's strange I guess they put one out like a decade or something earlier and it was like 225 and then it moved back come to 2020. I think it was higher up on like spin had a similar thing, but I just thought 235 was awfully. Well, yeah. I didn't look at what was number one or anything else, but I just thought it would be higher than that. Yeah. Those lists are so subjective. Yeah, I know. Yeah, It's like, yeah. How, I mean, that's, that's such a like, that is so many albums to be better than yeah. the Black Elm, 200 and some albums. Yeah. I wonder what their number one was. Probably Michael Jackson. Kelly Clarkson. Or something. There's no yeah. way to know. <laughs> I don't know. We could look it up, but does it hold up? I think it still holds up as, a, as Lena says, a banger. <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. say that. <laughs> I think it holds up. I think... I mean, actually, as a band, I think Metallica still holds up. Their music they're still producing holds up. But uh, this album in particular. And I'm not even that huge of a Metallica fan. Like, I like them, but I'm not... I don't necessarily go out of my way to listen to them, but anytime their new stuff even is on the radio, I I don't change the channel. (laughs) Without this album, Metallica wouldn't... They wouldn't yeah. be what they are. Like it's just plain and simple. Like if they stopped at Injustice for All, they wouldn't be playing. They wouldn't be touring right now. Yeah, and I think they even said like they thought 
having Bob Rock would be, I almost said Bob Ross. <laughs> anyway, would be like their one chance almost. Like they kind of felt that to really make it, they needed to do something a little different. Do you think Bob Ross would paint a happy little guitar over by the lake? <laughs> but would it be black on the black album, <laughs> like on the cover, and we wouldn't notice anyway? A little, yeah. A happy little snake in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is, on the black album too, there is like, uh, so there's a snake and uh, the Metallica logo on there, but it was, I remember it was so faded, you could barely mm-hmm. see them mm-hmm. on yeah. the on the album work. Just a, cool. a super weird design. I also love how a lot of bands around that time, like they have a logo, a Metallica logo. And like, I think other bands did have their kind of, because when you put up the anthrax, that lettering looked like what I remember anthrax, like written out looking like. Same with Metallica. Am I wrong? Were there other bands? I seem to think there were. Oh, yeah. It's, it was big in the rock. Yeah, rock and metal. Um, it still is the like, oh. metal bands today still have logos. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's more prominent in heavy metal. Yeah, than any other genre. That being said, I don't look at like Taylor Swift as she has a logo out or. I don't know <laughs> you. If you picked up one of her albums, like the font would be different every time. Yeah, like on the on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't really look at covers anymore. We get it all online. Yeah, it's so strange how that's changed. Yeah. But, and especially because Metallica was kind of hated for a while, I think, because the whole Napster thing. Yeah. I remember people not liking them for a while and just being really mad at them. Well, I, I, I was reading an article about that the other day, and uh, Lars had said it had to be done to set standards for how you know for how music is used and you know and that sort of thing today but like yeah at the time it was kind of silly but i mean you can kind of see it from both sides with time on our hand like with in retrospect yeah Yeah. um, and i'm surprised talking about lars he was on conan o'brien this week which is kind of funny because we're doing ours we didn't set that up but yeah, it's just like they're still playing. They're still touring. They have a new album. We didn't plan is, it this way with their new album. We just, unless Avery's good. some mastermind, I didn't know in that yeah, point, no. good of a planner. <laughs> no, as you can tell by my research, yeah. <laughs> research planning, not my forte. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great album, too, their new album. But it's kind of a funny interview. He talks about like, now he's like routine eating his tofu and egg whites and he's like getting up there in age. He's in his 60s and to be able to keep touring and keep playing, you kind of have to, can't just party all the time. You kind of have to take care of yourself, which isn't a rock and roll thing to say, though. But <laughs> it's kind of funny to hear because Absolutely. that's why they're alive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But then you look at Ozzy. I don't know how he's alive. <laughs> God love him. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Keith Richards, they uh, get blood transfusions from it's yeah younger it's people. Gonna be, it's going to be a sad, sad, sad day when when the Oz man passes away. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to say something worse. Willie Nelson turned 90 yesterday. Oh, and that's going to be sad. <laughs> yes. 90. Yeah, that one. 
Yeah. On the road again. But yeah. he smokes so much weed. He's you know, pickled or something, like preserved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. like smoking meat preserves it a little longer. Yeah. Like, yeah. He smoked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Beef Jerky Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> That means Snoop Dogg's living to like 115. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Danny, I see Avery has the cards. Did you make a choice? Who who are you going to uh, trivia against? I'm going to go against Avery. Okay. And I'll read the card. I'm going to. So, after we do. You don't the... shuffle them. I'll shuffle them to make sure you're not <laughs> cheating. So, there's two different things. There's a trivia question or. And. There's um, a lyric. Yeah, sing the next line or just say the next line. I'm not going to sing it. So, Ave, why did you have hand me half the cards? Did you memorize half while we were talking <laughs> and then put half yeah. away? I, I see how this is going. Yeah. I don't trust Avery, because just so you know. I know all his tricks. They were been... half one side and half on the other. Well, now they're all one. Okay. All right. So are you doing both things or one thing? Let's do both. Okay. I guess we could have done one per one. After we finish the card, we should have a discard pile so we'll never use it again. Yes. We'll just burn it. Get the shredder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to do like one, like I could do one question against Avery and then the song lyric again. Oh, I read both of them. So I'll, uh, oh, I'll, I'll okay. get another card. Okay. I probably, I won't know the lyrics just so you know, I never know lyrics. Okay. okay. Let's see. I'll just do one card. And we'll... Oh, we can. No, no. I, I put my. Oh, I put my hand over it. Okay. <sighs> you ready? What was the name of Coolio's 1995 hit? Uh, do you want the? And it goes A, B, no, C, or D. I think I know. I it. think Avery knows. I know. I know okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you go first. You're the guest. It's Gangsta's Paradise. That's right. And I knew. As soon as I saw Coolio, I knew for sure Avery knew it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't look at the lyric on the bottom. I put my hand over it. I don't know what song. I probably won't know the next lyric. So you, what is it? I think it's you read one line and then we say the next. One of us say the next. We need a buzzer. Hey, right. Here's the original line. Give me the second line to it. Okay. I don't care if Monday's blue. Oh, I know it. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too? Yep. Tuesday I'm in love, isn't it? Friday I'm in love. Oh, no, Friday. it's um I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too. Thursday I don't care about you, Friday, but Friday I'm, I'm in, in love. love. The song is called Friday, Friday I'm, I'm in, in love, love by The Cure. No. Yeah. I knew I, it. I I'm I surprised I knew that. it. <laughs> That's right. it. We're ending now cuz you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, so I'll. I don't know if we want to go another round here. Let's go another round. We only have left. Okay. Right. Should we do the opposite? Now no. we ask. Okay. I, I got an idea. <laughs> Why are we doing another one? Because it's fun. Oh, okay. I thought maybe right. because the Foo Fighters formed in which U.S. city? Just uh, yell it out if you know the answer. Seattle. Washington, D.C. or Washington State? D.C. I mean, no, like, it was Seattle. My next oh. guess was L.A. Okay. I didn't know if it was Seattle. I just know Nirvana, Seattle. I went there. 
All right, this one might be a little bit tougher for the next line. You never know. As long as the planets are turning. As long as the I know the song, it, it's meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you said meatloaf, I'm getting some. And there's Wait, a connection say the from. Say the line again. As long as the planets are turning. As long as the wheels are turning. You better believe it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, hey. what is, I, yeah, what I is don't it? know. As long as the planets are turning. As long as the stars are burning. I was, uh, I'll no. do anything for love, but I won't do that. Oh, I was way off. Way, way off. So we have our um, connection from the last podcast to this podcast. Because meatloaf, oh, meatloaf in Wayne's World. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so maybe we'll just do one more. One we'll more. Do, we just like trivia. <laughs> we'll do a trivia question. Then we'll go do the line again. Do the line again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The line. Okay. Whose third studio album <laughs> was titled Jagged Little Pill? Alanis Morissette. Yes. <laughs> also, Finally, a connection. <laughs> okay. No, you guys will both. Uh, I have to say this without singing it. You'll got. You guys will get this. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was really hard not to sing that. <laughs> I was trying to think of the exact lyrics. Well, that was fun. It was. We didn't keep track. I think Daddy won. Sure. No. <laughs> I think we all knew it. Well, I, I to be honest, I wouldn't know in the cure. Okay. I didn't know those. No, lyrics. I didn't know the. I knew the song. I didn't know the. Obviously, didn't know the lyrics. Yeah. And I don't think I would have got the meatloaf lyric. I I literally said Tuesday. I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> and I said something about wheels turning for meatloaf, but yeah. I. <laughs> I'm sure he says that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I need to now listen to that song. I have. There goes my afternoon plans. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go, um, can you tell us a little bit about the new release from East River Rats? Which is awesome, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so uh, we're like a Celtic rock band from Pictou County. Seven Piece. I They had been going for a few years, and um, I, had, I just joined them about a year ago. They were looking for... Uh, you know, looking for to enhance the sound a bit and and uh, bring more of a rockier edge to it. And me with my background and and playing uh, heavy music and stuff, uh, it it was a weird fit, but it it, it worked. And uh, yeah, so we're we're just kind of uh, we just released uh, an album on St. Patty's Day uh, called Year Year of the Rat. Uh, year of the rat is actually 2020, I believe, <laughs> but that's when, uh, this album was basically started. It was <laughs> supposed to be started and finished that year, but, uh, because of COVID and stuff, it, it, t- it took, uh, you know, a long time to record and, and finish. So, are which we... was good because it gave me the opportunity to come in and, and record some parts on it and record all of my guitars and stuff too. So. Are we yeah. going to see a documentary on the 
because of the length of time it took to record or divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I uh, see my when when I, my parts were only three nights. I, mm-hmm. I recorded all my guitar tracks in three nights uh, mm-hmm. back in the fall, and that was basically the last piece of the of the album. And then it was, then we mixed it and and it's out now. We recorded it at a place called Shoebox Studios in, in New Glasgow. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're just looking forward to getting out and playing some shows. Any upcoming shows? Uh, yeah, we have uh, we're do- not, uh, we've got some shows in the summer coming up. Nothing, um, nothing super uh, close, but uh mostly in July and August, but we're doing rib fest here in Pictou County. Uh, and uh, in August, uh, and we're doing, uh, a, a festival called Mike fest. Um, in at the first of September, I believe we're playing the war frat rally in Digby. Um, and, uh, yeah, there, I'm sure there'll be some other things that are announced, uh, soon. So, yeah. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, well, I listened to the album. I thought it was awesome. Well. Just the way I yeah. listened to it. I... Lena put on headphones <laughs> and listened to something else. Is kind of how that came across. <laughs> we both yeah. listened. I did interpreted dances to it for Lena while she had something else going on. <laughs> I was also blown away because Russell, for some reason, his new um, saying is the way she goes is the way she goes and then oh wow he's been saying that for months I don't know where he got it and that song just really spoke to us <laughs> that's hilarious it is it's quite the coincidence <laughs> yeah that's so, awesome and yeah I think we don't have to wait through the next year of the rat to listen to it more often <laughs> yeah yeah no no hopefully not but yeah I'm excited to see where this all goes Hopefully, cross Canada tour. Yeah, yeah, to Calgary. Maybe, yeah, yeah. that would be fantastic. It would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And again, thanks for coming on. This yeah. was a ton of fun. Thanks. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, and keep on listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, do we talk about our album next week? Jock jams. Jock jams next week. <laughs> See you there or be square. <laughs> Don't put that in. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> <laughs>